The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What are you doing, especially during the Christmas season, the holidays, primarily out of obligation? You do it because you have to do it. Maybe it's getting together with the in-laws or some of those awkward gift exchanges um, that you just sit there and you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Or you, you've got, you fall into the pattern of the routine of, you know, they buy for you, you buy for them. And you've got a point where you just exchange gift cards or cash. M- maybe it's certain decorations that you put up because you feel like you have to put them up or certain traditions that you've held onto, even though they've lost their meaning and their significance. Whether it's the song that you sing or a movie that you guys watch every year at Christmas time, even though you're tired of watching it, don't be offended. I know that's, you know, all of us, we have our favorites, but sometimes we watch things just because we've done it before. Now the kids want to see it, or this is just what we do. And I, I'm concerned that we also can fall into this with religion. I mean, our faith becomes religious. And we do things out of obligation, dare I say it, even going to church could become religious, especially during the holidays. And isn't that the basics of Christmas? I mean, think about it. The songs that we sing. I mean, what's the whole central point of gifts in Santa Claus at Christmas, right? Like to get off the naughty list and get on the nice list. Why? Because (laughs) someone's watching whether it's Santa or God, right? And so if you, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad, whether it's you get nothing or you get coal. And so gifts aren't gifts, they're rewards or consequences. And that's religion. It's an attempt to earn or deserve our way into heaven. It's believing that if I do enough good, that will be my key of access into heaven or to God. And so you have to do enough good in order to get good and get God. And that's, that's a key and central point that the author of a letter in the Bible, the letter to the Hebrews addresses. Why? Because these Hebrew Christians who believed in the beauty and the wonder of Christmas. They believed in the wonder of the message of Jesus, which is that it's not someone you can earn or deserve. It's faith that you receive as a gift. But over time, it became not enough because they were Jewish Christians. They fell back into the practice of religious rituals, religious obligations, religious ceremony laws. And so they had Jesus... But then they started adding and piling on all these weights and burdens. And so it wasn't enough just to believe in Jesus. You had to have Jesus plus religious law. You had to have Jesus plus the rituals, plus the ceremony. Jesus and all of the supernatural stuff like angels that made everything better. And that's what we do to Christmas, don't we? That's what we've done to Jesus. We've made it religious. However, then these Jewish Christians went through a period of great persecution. 
or losing their jobs, their businesses shut down. Because of a war between the Roman Empire and Judaism, these Christians got caught into it. And so they're getting kicked out of their homes and imprisoned. And what happens during great tragedy is in crisis, you start to rethink and question what matters most. And so they start to evaluate their faith in Jesus, determining or asking the question, is this worth it? But what they were carrying all this weight, it started not to feel worth it because they were bringing with Jesus all of this extra stuff, all this obligation, these rituals and religion. And so the author of the letter to the Hebrews is writing to them saying, I want you to know something. Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. He's better than all the rules. He's better than all the laws. And and So as a result, if Jesus is better, then Christmas is better. Let's jump in to Hebrews chapter 3, where the author is kind of helping capture their attention about how Jesus is better. He writes this, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest, the one who is sent and our high priest, the one who advocates on our behalf with God. What does a priest do? A priest would would go into the temple to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. So a prophet represents God to the people. A priest represents the people to God. So Jesus is sent to be our high priest. And he goes like this, he was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor Then Moses, Jesus is better than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. And so what he's getting at here is he's going, you you all, the Hebrew Christians, you make a big deal about Moses and the law and how Moses brought the law, but Jesus is better. Why? He deserves greater honor because he he doesn't just represent another law. He's the law giver. Moses gave you the law. Moses was the one who who, um, heard the law of God and then provided it to the people. Moses also was the one that was used by God to deliver the people out of Egypt and set them free. Now, before you get before you get caught up in thinking the law is all bad, when Moses first brought the law, here's what was going on. He, God used him to set the people free, but they didn't know how to live free. And so the law was designed to teach people how to live in a free civil society and how to relate appropriately in worship to God. And so the law was good. But Jesus is better than just someone who brings law from God. He is both the law giver and he is the fulfillment of the law. But before we get there, the author has to challenge us. He goes like this, let me be really clear with you. Why the law is not what's best. Imagine, you know, the laws of our nation that are, when it's first established, the laws are simple and somewhat easy and clear to follow. But over time, you add on all kinds of regulations and rules that eventually become suffocating, a giant weight that no one can measure up to. And that's what he gets at. He goes like this, nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. He goes, here's what happened. 
all the laws of God, which were good, become a burden because no one's good enough. Everyone is on the naughty list. Why? Because, you know, you might, you might speed and there's no police officers around and so you're off, right? But if God is watching one mile over and you get a ticket, right? And he's saying, every one of us at some point have broken the law, which means every one of us are punishable. So we need something better than just the law given by Moses. And that's where he turns to Jesus. And he says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. He goes, don't let go of this. Your, your faith is getting shaken. You're in a time of turmoil and tragedy. The world around you is getting rocked, and so is your faith. And, and as a result, you're, you're starting to loosen your grip because you're getting caught up in religion and attempt to earn your way to God. But I want you to know that there's something better than all of the law and all of the rules. It's this, Jesus. What's he driving at? Because many see Jesus as just another religion, but Christmas is better. Why? Because relationship is better than religion. Christmas is about relationship. Why? Because Christmas is about Jesus. Religion, which is our attempt to get off the naughty list and onto the nice list, right? To earn our way to God is just that. It's our attempt. And why are we attempting this? Well, because every one of us admittedly know that we've broken the laws of God. Sin, which is this spiritual force inside of us that drives us away from God, causes us to break the laws of God and do what we want, tricks us into believing that what feels good is good for us, even though it will destroy us. And since it separates us from relationship with God, we settle for something less, religion, our attempts to make up for our bad. We think maybe if I do enough good, it'll outweigh the bad, but none of it's ever good enough. And so the consequence of sin is not just separation from God now, but separation of God for, from God forever in eternity judgment, an eternal death sentence, but God. And this is where the author leads us. He goes, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And because Jesus is perfect, he's not far away from us. So he's disconnected and can't relate to what we're going through. It's not that he can't understand why we break the laws or the burden of the law. No, God got intimately close to us, but yet he was perfect. If he was just like us, he would have needed a sacrifice for sins just like we did or we do. But Jesus came as God, perfect and holy, able to be close to us, yet able to represent us because of his perfection. And so what is the response? He goes like this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. 
Come sleep. You know, the, the reason why we need a high priest or a priest at all is we need someone to represent us to God. And in the uh, times of the law, in the Jewish laws, the priest would receive the sacrifices that people would bring them. So they would bring a sacrifice payment to God. Every time they sinned, every time they did something wrong, every time they broke the law, they had to bring another sacrifice. In essence, a way of saying, I'm sorry, God. And they would bring it to the priest. The priest would then take it into the temple and offer it, or the tabernacle, and offer it as a sacrifice to God, burning it um, or or sacrificing it. And, And so then God would receive that sacrifice and overlook their sin. But Jesus, it says, came as our high priest, not to offer our sacrifices to God, but to become our sacrifice. The perfect God becomes this perfect sacrifice to offer himself as the payment for our sin. So that when Jesus died, he died the perfect sacrifice. So anyone who puts their faith in Jesus, what you're doing when you put your faith in Jesus is you are offering, you're acknowledging Jesus' sacrifice. And you're saying, in essence, Jesus offered his life as the payment for my sins. And I receive, I am willing to say that he died for me. But Jesus didn't just die. He rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, he is triumphant over sin, triumphant over the consequence of sin, which is eternal death. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are not only forgiven, his sacrifice sufficient as a payment for your sins, but you receive new life, forever life, because of Jesus' victory over death. I'm gonna invite you, if you've, during this, especially during this Christmas season, if you've never put your faith in Jesus before, can I invite you into relationship? The key is that this is not about religion. It's about you being in personal relationship with God. He wants to know you. He wants to love you. And he wants to lavish his love on you. And that begins with a commitment. Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I believe in you. I believe that you died and rose again for me. And I want to have relationship with you. And if that's where you're at today, you want to begin that relationship, you can scan the QR code, fill out that form. One of our pastors wants to follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new relationship with God. Because as you begin a relationship, it's kind of like when you get into a, a, a romantic relationship, it helps if you have a little bit of coaching, helps if you have a little bit of support around you to encourage encourage you and guide you. And so we want to provide that encouragement and that guidance as you begin this new relationship with God. But for the Hebrew Christians, this wasn't just about beginning a new relationship. It was that they had lost sight of their relationship and it became cumbersome religion. They piled onto Jesus rules and rituals and religion that were not only not necessary, they became a a burden that stood in the way of their faith and made it not feel worth it. And so the author of Hebrews, after saying, you know, Jesus, uh, who is our high priest, right, who can empathize with our weaknesses because he was in all points tempted as we are, right? And so he was this. In light of that, let us, this is verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. He goes, 
You don't have to be scared of God. You don't have to shy away from God. You are invited into the throne of God's grace with confidence. Here's the key. Why is Christmas better? Because relationship, not religion, is your access to God. Stop trying to access God through your religious activities. It's it's not the amount that you pray that gives you access to God. That's religion, right? Here's the key. Religion is praying or serving or doing anything for God's love. Relationship is praying, serving, and doing anything in faith from God's love. One is in order to get it. One is because you've already got it. It's relationship, not religion, that gives you access to God. Religion is every attempt you and I make to try to say, God, I'm good enough. Would you do this for me? I've prayed long enough. I've, I've worked hard enough. I've given enough. Now you owe me. Let me be very clear. God does not owe you anything. What you and I deserve and what we've earned is eternal destruction far from God. And we don't want that. No, no, no. You and I don't want to be on the naughty list. So we didn't earn anything. But we also don't want what we deserve. And so Jesus took what we deserve to give us what we do not deserve. That is relationship, which is our access to God. And so when you come to God by faith, remember that it's not because you deserve it, because you've earned it, but simply because you've received by faith relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And, and what, that, what that does is this. <laughs> my, my kids, when they do something wrong, and I've, I've shared this before in other ways, but this is a really unique one that I want to make sure you don't miss, right? When kids do something wrong, they can often hang their head. Maybe they hide. Sometimes my boys will hide food that they've stolen. They, maybe they took it. My, Laura found a bag of most, uh, a mostly empty bag of marshmallows hidden behind one of our couches because the boys took it and hid it, right? And then they hide because they know they did something wrong. He said, you can approach the throne of grace with confidence. When, when daddy comes in the door, you can come running to him, not because you didn't do wrong, but because of what Jesus did right. We come to God the Father with confidence because we're coming in the name of Jesus, because Jesus gave us access, because he opened the door, and now we are children of God. You come into God's presence as a son, as a daughter. You're not cowering. You're not, you're not afraid. You come running in, and you know that when God sees you, he sees you as right in his eyes. You are welcome. Therefore, you come with confidence because Jesus paid it all. And he says, it is finished. And now you have access to God through faith. But he doesn't stop there. No, he goes like this. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There it is. So mercy not getting what we deserve. He goes, when you're in need, you've stumbled, 
You have fallen, you've sinned again, and you know that you deserve punishment or consequence. He goes, and what you need is mercy. He goes, you can come running into the throne of God and say, God, help. But other times you need something different. You don't just need what, you, you don't just not want to get what you deserve. You want to receive something that you don't deserve. I know I deserve to be on the naughty list. I'm asking for this. Because you know how you get that? You come boldly into the throne of grace with confidence where you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What's the key? That relationship, not religion, is your access to grace. You're not coming in saying, God, I've done enough good that you have to give me good. It's gifts are gifts because they're undeserved. The gifts of God are gifts because they're through grace. Grace, God's undeserved favor on your life. Here's the deal. One of the challenges I think that many of us struggle with when it comes to what we ask for, what we receive from God, or what we believe God would want to give us is that it feels like a free lunch And if you're like me, maybe a little bit cynical, maybe a little skeptical, if you've ever been like, I don't know, I'm the guy when I, I I hate going to the mall, but if I go to the mall, no offense to those of you running the mall, but when I go, you know, and you're walking, there's always those people that are trying to hand you stuff. Like they want to spray perfume or cologne, or they want to do something to your hand, or they want to give you something. Look, I'm the person that kind of, I I see it coming and I just go to the other side of the store. Like I want to like go to the other aisle. And, and avoid them. Why? Because even though they're saying it's free, I know it's not. It's either going to cost me my time, and I really don't want to slow down and take the time. I'm, on, I'm at the mall for a mission. I got something to buy. I need to get through it. They're either going to take my time, or they're going to want me to buy something at the end. And so we approach God this way. God's going to take something from me. He's going to try to get something out of me. Because there's no way that grace is free. Let me be really clear with you. Grace isn't free. Meaning the riches of heaven, God's, the, the favor of God on your life that you did not deserve did not come to you freely. And it, and it is not cheap, right? Anything that's free must not be worth paying for. And that the mindset we have, or it comes with strings attached. God's grace is different. It's expensive grace because it costs Christ everything, his life. And it's paid in full. It was expensive and valuable. You've been given it freely, but it cost Jesus everything. So you receive grace as a precious gift, knowing that it costs Christ everything, but you receive it freely. I mean, there's nothing you can do to earn or deserve or pay for it. In fact, any effort to try to pay for it or earn it or deserve it or being or trying to be good enough would actually be an insult to Jesus' sacrifice his death, his resurrection, and his goodness in your life. Why? Because, you know, it's like buying a really valuable gift for someone you love, and then when they open it, they love it so much, they go, how much do I owe you for this? What? 
No, it's a gift. You, you can't pay for that. I bought it for you to give to you. And that's the heart of God. Because every effort you make to try to be good enough for him, every effort you make to try to deserve or earn your way to God, is like saying, I, I want to pay for this. And God's saying, you, you, number one, you can't pay for it. You'll never be good enough to pay for it. You could work for all of eternity. And at best, you would make the minimum payment on the debt you owe and never pay it off. If you lived a, a million lifetimes in eternity, you never pay for it. The only thing you can do is receive it and live in the gratitude and the goodness of God's grace. Would you... Don't turn Christmas into religion. Christmas is better than that. Don't complicate the celebration. Christmas is better than that because Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus is your relationship with God. And when you have relationship with God, you have grace, which means God wants to pour his goodness in your life. He wants to pour the riches of heaven in your life, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his kindness. He wants to shape you into becoming the best version of you through grace. He wants to transform you so that you can become more like him through grace. He wants to pour his generosity into your life through grace. He wants to pour his kindness and his peace and his joy into your life through grace. But God doesn't stop there in grace. He pours it through your life. He pours his grace through you that looks like generosity and hope and peace and kindness and compassion to others. That's right. Any good that comes out of you is the result of God's grace in you. So would you allow relationship, not religion, to be your access to grace and then in grace? Because of God's rich goodness towards you, would you allow his goodness to flow through you? That's Christmas. Not trying to get off the naughty list and onto the nice list. It's not gifts being rewards or consequences. It's recognizing that Jesus paid the price in full for you and I to have access to relationship with God. And he paid the price in full for us to receive grace from God. And the grace we receive from God becomes goodness through us. I want to take a moment. I want to pray over you. And as I pray, I'm, I'm just praying that this fills your heart, our campuses, online. Would you, would you encounter the gift of God's grace and God himself during this season. Jesus, thank you so much because you saw us far from you and you didn't leave us there. You saw us trying really hard in religion to be good enough and out of obligation doing things that would never be good enough. And they wore us out in the process. So you came to us and rescued us from religion Jesus, you rescued us from religion so that we could have relationship with you by faith. Help us 
who have been freed to relationship, not to fall back into religion. And help us to receive your grace, live in your grace, and let that grace spill out of us to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.